section seventeen of the mysteries of london volume three this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the mysteries of london volume three by george w m reynolds chapter seventeen the mysterious letter jacob on the same evening that the interview between the earl of ellingham and sir ralph walsingham took place as narrated in the preceding chapter the following scene occurred at the house of toby bunce in earl street seven dials mrs bunce was alone in the dirty dingy back room which could not be said to be lighted but merely redeemed from total darkness by the solitary candle that stood on the table and she was busily employed in lighting the fire having succeeded in this object she placed the kettle on the grate to boil and then took from a cupboard a bottle half full of gin two common blue mugs a broken basin containing a little lump sugar and a couple of pewter spoons all of which articles she ranged around the brass candlestick with a view to make as good a show as possible then she seated herself by the fire and consulted an old silver watch which she drew from her pocket and which was in reality the property of her husband whom she would not however trust with it under any consideration eight o'clock she said aloud in a musing tone he can't be very long now and toby won't be in till ten if he is i'll send him out again with a flea in his ear she added chuckling at the idea of her supremacy in her own domestic sphere i wonder who'd be ruled by a feller like toby not me indeed i should think not but i wish old bones would come she continued with a glance of satisfaction at the table everything does look so comfortable and i've put em in such a manner that the light falls on em all at once toby never would have thought of that it's only us women that know what tidiness is tidiness indeed the windows were dingy with dirt the walls were begrimed with smoke and dust the floor was as black as the deck of a collier and the cobwebs hung like filthy rags in the corners of the room scarcely had mrs bunce completed her survey of the place and its arrangements when a low knock summoned her to the street door and in a few moments she returned accompanied by old death the hideous man was very cold and seating himself as near the fire as possible without actually burning his knees he said now betsy my dear brew me a mug of something cheering as soon as possible that i will ben returned mrs bunce in as pleasant a tone of voice as she could assume then she bustled about with great alacrity until the steaming liquid was duly compounded and old death had expressed his satisfaction by means of a short grunt after the first sip is it nice ben asked mrs bunce endearingly very now make yourself some betsy and sit down quietly for we must have a talk about you know what business has prevented me from attending to it before but now that i have got an evening to spare and toby is out of the way oh you know very well ben interrupted mrs bunce that i can always manage him 
as i like he's such a fool and so completely under my thumb that i shouldn't even mind telling him i'd been your mistress for years before i was his wife keep your tongue quiet betsy keep your tongue quiet exclaimed old death with a hyena like growl never provoke irritation unnecessarily but let's to business jacob is out on the watch after tom rain and i told the lad to come up here before ten and now about this letter he continued drawing one from his pocket-book it proves you see that the child is well born and if the address had only been written on the outside we might make a good thing of the matter just so observed mrs bunce when mr rainford called this afternoon he was so particular in asking me whether i had found any papers about the woman's clothes but i declared i had not and he was quite satisfied he paid me too very handsome for the funeral expenses and all my trouble if he was to know about that letter ben how can he know exclaimed old death impatiently now what i think he continued in a milder tone is just this the woman watts was reduced to such a desperate state of poverty that she wrote this letter to the mother of the boy charles why of course interrupted mrs bunce she says as much in the letter will you listen to me growled old death angrily you don't know what i was going to observe don't be cross ben i won't stop you again said the woman in a coaxing tone mind you don't then ejaculated bones allowing himself to be pacified well this sarah watts wrote that letter as i was saying with the intention of sending it no doubt either by post or by an acquaintance to the lady in london i think that is plain enough then when she had finished writing it something evidently made her change her mind and resolve on coming up to london herself this is also plain because if it wasn't so why did the letter never go and why did she come to london how well you do talk ben said mrs bunce i talk to the point i hope observed old death now how stands the matter here is a very important letter wanting two main things to render it completely valuable to us the first thing it wants is the name of the place from which it would have been dated had it ever been sent and the second thing it wants is the name of the lady to whom it was intended to be sent in a word it wants the address of the writer and the address of the lady to whom it was written and who is the mother of that boy charles what good would it do you to have the address of the writer since she is dead and buried asked mrs bunce because i could then visit the place where the woman was when she wrote this letter replied old death i could make inquiries concerning the late sarah watts and i know too well how to put two and two together not to arrive at some certainty in the long run to be sure ejaculated mrs bunce how clever you are dear ben i don't know about being clever betsy my dear returned the hideous old man but this i do think that i'm rather wide awake and then he chuckled so heartily while his toothless jaws wagged up and down so horribly that he appeared to be a corpse under a process of galvanism for if a dead body could be made to utter sounds they would not be more sepulchral than those which now emanated from the throat of old death 
mrs bunce considered it to be her duty to chuckle also and her querulous tones seemed a humble accompaniment to the guttural sounds which we have attempted to describe at length the chuckling ceased on both sides and mrs bunce replenished the mugs with hot gin and water but even as it is suddenly observed old death after a hasty glance at the letter which he now slowly folded up and returned to his greasy pocket-book but even as it is we may still make something of the business if we could only find a clue to the mother of that boy it would be a fortune in itself i tell you what we must do he exclaimed emphatically what asked his ancient mistress get that boy into our own keeping replied bones with a sly smile and then we can pump him of all he may happen to know concerning the deceased sarah watts excellent cried mrs bunce clapping her hands but how will you find out where mr rainford lives jacob is after him for several reasons i want to know as much as i can about that strange fellow the very day that i made the bargain with him about smashing all the flimsies he might bring me he wrote an extraordinary note to the very lady whom he had robbed the night before and he made her go into the witness-box at bow street and deliberately perjure herself to serve him then he starts off to pell-mell when the jewess prisoner was brought up and delivers a note at the house of lord ellingham and lord ellingham comes straight down to the police court and swears black and blue that the jewess is innocent and was she asked mrs bunce that's more than i can say answered old death seeing that i know nothing at all about the affair well these two strange things showing an extraordinary influence on the part of rainford over lady hatfield on the one side and lord ellingham on the other have quite puzzled me he is an enigma that i must solve does not tullock know all about him demanded mrs bunce tullock knows only that tom took to the road some years ago down in the country for tullock then did at winchester just what i do now in london only added bones with a knowing glance and a compressed smile of the lips which puckered up his hideous face into one unvaried mass of wrinkles only my dear betsy tullock never had the connection which i have he had no correspondent at hamburg to whom he could send over the notes that are stolen and stopped at the bank he had no well-contrived places to receive goods places continued old death emphatically which have baffled the police for thirty years and will baffle them as long again if i live and why should you not dear said mrs bunce coaxingly because i cannot expect it replied old death abruptly however you know what i have done for myself and in what way i manage my business you only betsy dear are acquainted with my secrets and you are as safe with me as if i was deaf and dumb and unable to write rejoined the woman i know that i know that said bones hastily then in a slower tone he added significantly because if there was a smash we should all go together betsy lor ben don't talk in that way don't cried mrs bunce let's see what were we saying oh you was telling me about mr rainford i was only observing that tullock lost sight of him for some years and knows nothing that happened to him till he turned up in london the other day 
i don't suppose rainford is his proper name observed the woman inquiringly tullock never told me answered bones and as he and tom are thick together i can't ask him too many questions the fact is rainford will prove the most useful man i ever had in my service as i may call it and i must not risk offending him see how neatly he did that job the other night how beautifully he came off with the two thousand and it never got into the papers either observed mrs bunce not a bit of it cried old death with another chuckle tom calculated all that beforehand or he never would have been fool enough to go so quietly and introduce himself as captain sparks to the very people he meant to rob ha ha clear-headed fellow that tom he first ascertained the precise character of all the parties concerned and he knew that he might plunder them with impunity sir christopher and mr torrens were sure not to talk about it for fear of the whole disgraceful story about the purchase of the daughter coming out frank curtis is a cowardly boaster who would not like it to be known that a single highwayman had mastered him the lawyer was sure to speak or hold his tongue just as his rich client sir christopher ordered him and jeffreys was safe tom weighed all this and boldly introduced himself to them without the least attempt at disguising his person oh it was capitally managed and tom is a valuable fellow mr bones seldom spoke so long at a time but he was carried away by his enthusiastic admiration of tom rainford and he accordingly talked himself so effectually out of breath that a fit of coughing supervened and he was nearly choked betsy however slapped him on the back and the old man gradually recovered himself but not before his fierce-looking eyes were dimmed with the scalding room which overflowed them you are afraid to offend mr rainford said mrs bunce after a pause and yet you think of taking away that boy from him pshaw cried old death whom the coughing fit had put into a bad humour do you think i should steal the child and then tell him of it of course not said mrs bunce i am a fool you are indeed betsy rejoined old death and yet you are the least foolish woman i ever knew or else i never should have made you my confidant as i have done and now i tell you betsy that i have many great schemes in my head and i shall require your assistance in the first place we must get hold of that boy charlie somehow or another provided we can find out rainford's abode which i think is scarcely doubtful then we must act upon all the information we can glean from the child and find out who his mother really is in the next place i must ascertain all i can concerning this jewess this esther de medina if she did steal the diamonds she is the cleverest female thief in all england for she has managed to get clean off with her prize and such a woman would be invaluable to me besides if she pursues the same game supposing that she has really begun it she will want my assistance to dispose of the property and she will gladly listen to my overtures such a beautiful creature as i understand she is could insinuate herself anywhere and rob the best houses in london ah betsy i must not sleep over these matters but hark that's jacob's knock poor jacob cried mrs bunce with a subdued sigh if he only knew silence woman cried bones in a furious manner go to the door mrs bunce was frightened by the vehemence of old death's manner and hastened to obey his command 
in a few moments she returned followed by jacob who seemed sinking with fatigue well said old death impatiently what news give me something to eat first for i'm famished cried jacob throwing himself upon a chair not a morsel till you tell me what you have done exclaimed bones angrily as he rose from his seat i will not speak a word on that subject before i have had food said jacob his bright eyes flashing fire and a hectic glow appearing on his pale cheeks you make me wander about all day on your business without a penny in my pocket to buy a piece of bread because he who has to earn his supper works all the better for it ejaculated bones his lips quivering with rage now speak jacob or by god you shan't bully me in this way cried the lad bursting into tears and yet with all the evidences of intense passion working upon his countenance by what right do you treat me like a dog you fling me a bone when you choose and you think i will lick your hand like a spaniel i tell you once for all i won't put up with it any longer you won't jacob you won't eh said old death in a very low tone but at the same time he dealt the lad such a sudden and severe box on the ears that the poor youth was hurled heavily from his chair on the hard floor but springing up in a moment he flew like a tiger at old death whose small amount of strength was exhausted by the effort which it had required on the part of so aged a man to deal such a blow and jacob would have mastered him in another instant had not mrs bunce interfered with a loud scream she precipitated herself on the lad and seizing him in her bony arms forced him back into his seat saying there jacob for god's sake be quiet and i'll give you something nice directly the lad made no reply but darted a look of vindictive hate towards old death who had sunk back exhausted on the chair which he had ere now quitted then mrs bunce hastened to the cupboard and produced a loaf and the remains of a cold joint which she placed before jacob who enraged as he was at the treatment he had just received could not help wondering within himself how toby's wife had become so liberal as to place the viands without reserve at his disposal the woman seemed to penetrate his thoughts for she said eat as much as you like jacob don't be afraid i shan't mind if you eat it nearly all the lad smothered his resentment so far as not to permit it to interfere with his appetite and he devoured his supper without once glancing towards old death who on his side appeared unable to recover from the surprise into which jacob's unusually rebellious conduct had thrown him a profound silence reigned in that room for several minutes at length jacob made an end of his meal and then old death spoke and so this is the reward he said which i receive for all my kindness towards you without me what would have become of you deserted by your parents a foundling a miserable infant abandoned to the tender mercies of the workhouse authorities would that i had died then 
interrupted jacob emphatically you make a boast of having taken care of me of having reared me such a rearing as it has been and yet i wish you had left me to perish on the workhouse steps where you say you found me i have tried to be obedient to you i have done all i could to please you but do you ever utter a kind word to me even when i succeed in doing your bidding what reward is mine blows reproaches sorry meals few and far between well well jacob i think i have not quite done my duty towards you said old death who in reality could have murdered the boy at that moment but who was compelled to adopt a conciliatory tone and manner in order to retain so useful an auxiliary in his service but let us say no more about it and things shall be better in future instead of having no regular place of abode and sleeping in lodging-houses you shall have half a crown a week jacob to hire a little room for yourself there jacob only think of that cried mrs bunce in a tone expressive of high approval of this munificence on the part of old death and you shall have threepence every day for your dinner jacob continued bones in addition to your breakfast and tea which you always get here but would you keep to that arrangement asked the lad considerably softened by this prospect which was far brighter than any he had as yet beheld i will i will replied old death and if you have brought me any good news to-night i'll give you ten shillings ten whole shillings jacob to buy some nice clothes and shoes in monmouth street put down the money cried jacob now completely won back to the interests of the crafty old villain who knew so well how to curb the evanescent spirit of his miserable slave i will said bones and he laid four half-crowns upon the table that's right exclaimed jacob his eyes glistening with delight at the prospect of fingering such a treasure then he glanced rapidly at his ragged apparel with a smile on his lip that expressed his conviction of shortly being able to procure a more comfortable attire go on said old death what have you done when mr rainford went away from here this afternoon returned jacob i followed him at a good distance but not so far off that i stood a chance of losing sight of him well first he went to tullock's and there he stayed some little time then he walked into an eating-house in the strand and at that place he stopped about a couple of hours while i walked up and down the other side of the way at length he came out with another gentleman what was he like demanded old death a fine tall handsome man with dark hair and eyes responded jacob i don't know him said bones never mind go on with your story and let it be as short as possible well continued the lad this gentleman and mr rainford walked together as far as bridge street blackfriars and there they parted the gentleman went into a house in bridge street and mr rainford crossed the bridge it was now getting dusk and i was obliged to keep closer to him but he seldom turned round and when he did i took good care he should not see me so on he went till he came to the elephant and castle and close by there he suddenly met a lady with a dark veil over her face and holding a little boy by the hand they stood and talked for a moment just opposite a shop window which was lighted up and i saw well enough that the little boy was the very same that was brought here the other night by the woman who was buried so quietly this morning 
then we know that the boy is still in his care ejaculated old death exchanging significant glances with mrs bunce go on jacob i can see that the ten shillings will be yours yes that they will cried the lad apparently having forgotten the blow which he had recently received well so i knew the boy at once though he is much changed nicely dressed and already quite plump and rosy mr rainford patted him on the face and the boy laughed and seemed so happy then mr rainford gave the lady his arm and they walked a little way down the road till they came to a jeweller's shop where they stopped to look in at the window mr rainford pointed out some article to the lady and they went into the shop the lady still holding the little boy carefully by the hand the moment they were safe inside i watched them through the window and i saw mr rainford looking at a pair of earrings in a few moments he handed them to the lady she lifted up her veil to examine them and i knew her again in a moment but who do you think she was old death shook his head no i don't think you ever could guess cried jacob then who is she demanded bones impatiently the jewess who was accused of stealing the diamonds at bow street the other day answered jacob esther de medina cried old death the very person we were speaking about just now he added exchanging another glance with mrs bunce but go on jacob go on i was rather surprised at that discovery continued jacob because i thought it so odd that both mr rainford and the jewess should have been had up on the very same day at bow street on different charges and that both should have got off it is strange very strange murmured old death but did you find out tom rain's address that is the chief thing i want to know don't be in a hurry said jacob let me tell my story in my own way well so the jewess seemed to like the earrings and she gave mr rainford such a sweet smile oh what a sweet smile as he pulled out his purse and paid for them i don't know how it was but it really went to my heart to think that such a beautiful lady should never mind what you felt jacob interrupted old death abruptly make an end of your story well the earrings were put into a nice little box with some wool to keep them from rubbing and the lady drew down her veil again before she left the shop now jacob tell me the truth said old death did either tom rain or the jewess take any little thing at a moment you know when the jeweller's back was turned no not a thing cried the lad emphatically i can swear they did not you are quite sure observed old death as sure as that i'm here for i never took my eyes off them from the moment they entered the shop till they came out responded jacob and when they did come out i was very near being seen by mr rainford for i was then in front of them and i had only just time to slip into the shade of the wall between the windows of the jeweller's shop and the next one then i heard mr rainford say to the jewess now this little present is in part a recompense for the diamonds which i made you give up the lady said something in a low tone but i could not catch it and they went on the little boy with them then she did steal the diamonds exclaimed old death but how could such a man as lord ellingham feel any interest in her and how could he have been induced to perjure himself to save her isn't it strange said mrs bunce 
i'm all in the dark at present returned bones but go on jacob they walked on till they came to a street on the left-hand side and into that street they turned i never lost sight of them once but two or three times i thought mr rainford would have twigged me he did not though and i at last traced them to a house in locks fields locks fields eh cried old death can they possibly be living there they are returned jacob and i can take you over to the very street and the very house any time you like well done ejaculated bones indulging in another long and hearty chuckle which was echoed by mrs bunce and then they both rubbed their hands gleefully to think that they had made such important discoveries through the medium of jacob fresh supplies of grog were brewed and the lad was not only permitted to consign the four half-crowns to his pocket but was also regaled with an occasional sip of gin and water from mrs bunce's own mug the return of toby at ten o'clock prevented any further conversation on the interesting topics which had previously been discussed for mrs bunce's husband was not admitted to the entire confidence of his spouse and of mr benjamin bones alias old death End of chapter seventeen